Live from WNUR News, I'm Allison Rauch. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FMHD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Monday, October 25th. Tonight, the possibility of non-toxic masculinity on Northwestern's campus, the controversy behind Ben Platt's casting in Dear Evan Hansen, a look at Barbara Kruger's new Art Institute exhibit, a look at this week's weather, those stories and more coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday evening. First on tonight's features. The Masculinity, Allyship, Reflection, and Solidarity Group, also known as MARS, is going through a period of change on Northwestern's campus. As MARS distances itself from the Interfraternity Council, its members are figuring out how to continue dialogues about masculinity's impact on a college campus. Here's Olivia Lloyd with the story. Please note this piece includes discussions of sexual violence and prevention that may be difficult for some listeners. Masculinity, allyship, reflection, solidarity. That is what MARS stands for. It continues to stand for that during a period of change for the Northwestern organization as it reevaluates its relationship with the Interfraternity Council, or IFC. It was the first of its kind when it started. It was essentially an education effort around bringing um, sort of masculinity workshops into these IFC spaces. And so uh, that's kind of how we got started. It was a very IFC type based organization. And since then, um, as our like mission has kind of fluctuated and our membership has sort of shifted, we've drifted away from that original purpose and have redefined ourselves. That's fourth year student Lucas Vime Olive, the director of Mars. The reason the organization is reevaluating its relationship with IFC is partly in response to similar events that led to its creation in the first place. This September, in the span of less than 24 hours, Northwestern received multiple reports of individuals being drugged at on-campus fraternities Sigma Alpha Epsilon and Alpha Epsilon Pi. It started on campus, I believe, in 2013 in response to a lot of complaints around IFC and a few different instances occurring on campus and wanting to talk about what masculinity looks like and how it shows up on a college campus specifically. But the recent reports of druggings aren't the only reason Mars is expanding its scope, according to the staff supervisor of Mars, Saeed Hill. He is also the assistant director of prevention and masculine engagement at the Northwestern Center for Awareness, Response, and Education. CARE oversees Mars and similar programs. Uh, and this has been years in the making. Um, we've been really trying to figure out how we can continue to expand the conversation around masculinity and violence prevention and response um, and, and just expand the umbrella of like who we reach with those conversations. And to do this work effectively, we want to do it more on a systems level. Vime Olive explained that Mars should not be a checkbox or a shield for allegations or a replacement for accountability. So what Mars isn't doing is hosting workshops for IFC moving forward for at least the time being. That is not within really our scope of purview at this time. And uh, that's for a few reasons. The primary one being that at this point, I don't think education is necessarily a response, rather uh, a band-aid. And so really wanting to ensure that any sort of education moving forward is a bit more intentional. And so prior to this year, it used to be that uh, all pledge classes had to go through a Mars workshop before being able to initiate. 
Right now, yeah, that's just not something that's really on the table. This doesn't mean Mars will never interact with IFC again. Rather, intentionality is key when entering these spaces. Potentially, we can slow down, provide more support spaces for our students, make sure that our students are being heard and, and really hearing from our students what the needs are um, and expectations are before we just provide more education, which education is always there, you know, and outreach is always there. Mars is currently redefining itself and is working on a recruitment effort. It's important to note that Mars hasn't always been all about IFC. In the past, Mars has done a quarterly book club, coordinated conversations around masculinity with local schools, and given members the space to do presentations on intersections of masculinity that interest them. These workshops are called mini micros. I've done one around masculine presentation and non-binary and trans folks. Uh, we've had another member do a workshop on masculinity and the environment and what that looks like. Another workshop that we did is like masculinity and self-care. Like, what does that look like? It doesn't necessarily need to look like what the media says mask or self-care looks like. Self-care can be very subjective and talking through what that looks like as mask identifying individuals. For now, as Mars recruits new members, the group is trying to identify where it fits into Northwestern's community. We're also in the vein of trying to identify necessarily what the root of like restrictive masculinity looks like on campus. We're still figuring out our pocket and our niche on campus. We are moving away from Greek life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we found our footing elsewhere. It just means that we are no longer interested in a partnership that might not be mutually beneficial or symbiotic or even productive. However, like what that looks like for us is we're under an opportunity of regrowth and revamping um, and, and really trying to figure out what that means. Every exec meeting is spent having a conversation around the future of Mars and our vision. For WNUR News, I'm Olivia Lloyd. After the break, a look at Dear Evan Hansen's casting and artist Barbara Kruger's new anti-retrospective. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's gonna teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops, the rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. 
Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting, as in Smokey Bear. We were about to head home after a bonfire, and Smokey said the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? No kidding. I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. Kidding. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Welcome back to WNUR News on 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's 6.09 Central. I'm Allison Rauch. The new movie adaptation of the hit musical Dear Evan Hansen has stirred up controversy for retaining actor Ben Platt in the principal role. Here's reporter, here's reporter Prari Pradhan with more. in the principal role. Here's reporter, here's reporter Prari Pradhan. Dear Evan Hansen, a Broadway musical recently adopted for the screen, has caused quite a stir due to its casting of actor Ben Platt as its leading role. Dear Evan Hansen centers around its titular main character, Evan Hansen, a socially awkward and anxious teenager whose lies about his friendship with his deceased high school bully spiral out of control. The Broadway show touched many hearts through its exploration of themes such as mental illness, isolation, and coming of age. It premiered in 2015 at the Arena Stage in Washington, D.C., and then debuted on the Broadway stage in 2016. It went on to become a huge success and even won nine Tony Awards. One of those awards went to Ben Platt, the actor who originated the lead role and played Evan Hansen on stage from the years 2015 to 2017. His performance was highly critically acclaimed and led him to be the youngest recipient of the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role in a Musical, as well as many, many more awards. After the Broadway musical's immense success, in classic Hollywood fashion, it was announced in June 2020 that the play would be adapted onto the silver screen, with Platt reprising his role as Evan Hansen. While fans of the musical may have been excited, though somewhat reluctant considering Platt's age when this news first dropped, many were appalled when the trailer for the movie was released in May 2021. Platt, who is now nearing 30, stuck out like a sore thumb when trying to fill the shoes of a teenager. The makeup crew for the film attempted to transform Platt into a high schooler by slathering his face in foundation, using prosthetics, and giving him a big curly wig. Platt even stated that he shaved his face three times a day over the course of filming to try and make his skin look smoother and younger. Viewers think that these attempts actually had an adverse effect, however, and made Platt look almost scary as opposed to youthful. Since the trailer dropped in May, so the film's theatrical release in September, until now, the internet has been going wild over Platt's appearance in the movie. Platt responded to all this backlash by stating, quote, were I not to do the movie, it probably wouldn't get made. This led to even further backlash against Platt, however, as it brought attention to the fact that his father is the co-producer of this movie and likely had a large role in his casting as the main character. I talked to Joy Cho, a Beanan sophomore and a self-proclaimed Dear Evan Hansen enthusiast, about her thoughts. So Joy, you actually got to watch Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. How was that experience? I really loved it. Um, Dear Evan Hansen's one of my favorite musicals, 
and that experience really helped me bond with my mom and I thought that it was really special that a musical could do that for an entire audience. How did you feel when you heard the play was going to be adapted into a movie? I was super stoked. I thought it was going to be awesome, but I thought the movie didn't really live up to my expectations just because it was a little strange seeing Ben Platt act as a teenager while he was in his 30s and it just seemed like the movie was trying really hard to to mold him into this character that he really couldn't embody in the cinemas even though he did a great job as the character in theater but it just didn't translate well. Platt's performance as a high school student was more believable when he was still 23 and standing on a stage far away enough that the audience could not count the lines in his forehead. But the general viewer's verdict seems to be that the suspension of disbelief is simply impossible to translate to the screen. If the fact that you're a socially awkward teen is harder to believe than people randomly breaking into song whenever they feel any type of emotion, there may be a problem. If you're interested in making your own judgments on this movie and Platt's casting, Dear Evan Hansen is playing in theaters now and will be released on Fandango after its run in the cinemas. For WNUR News, I'm Pari Pradhan. American conceptual artist Barbara Kruger has a new exhibit at the Art Institute of Chicago. As a big fan of Kruger's work, I decided to take a look myself. You know Barbara Kruger, even if you don't think you do. For instance, if you know Supreme, you know Kruger. The streetwear brand's logo is a ripoff of her iconic style which uses white text in oblique Futura bold type on red backgrounds to create provocative messages. These messages, often pasted over black and white photographs, use personal pronouns like you, we, I, and our to pull the viewer in. Some famous pieces include 1987's untitled I Shop Therefore I Am, depicting a hand with a red text box overlaid, and 1989's untitled Your Body is a Battleground, created for the 1989 Women's March. It shows a woman's face split in positive and negative exposures with the message overlaid again in red and white text. Her art addresses themes of consumerism, power imbalances in society, and feminist issues. Well, the original context in which I first saw her artwork was at that um, Broad installation, and it was about feminist artwork. It was right about the same time the Me Too movement was going around. And the piece that I saw um, was one of her most famous ones, the Your Body is a Battleground. Um, and it just struck me. I mean, I think with a lot of feminist artwork, obviously you have to be pretty anti-establishment in order to, to really pull off uh, the message. You know, it has to be something that breaks the established systems of artwork that have been in place for so long by a male dominated art world. And it was striking and it was huge. And it was this bright red text and it just like the text too, you, you see so much artwork in a museum that doesn't have text in it. And there she was just so absolutely unafraid to just use it and create this, just this experience that you're just sucked into when you're looking at it. That's Samantha Rauch, my sister and second year design student at Carnegie Mellon University. We both love Kruger's art, but I wanted to know what she thought of it from a design perspective. Well, it's interesting being a design student. I come from a primarily fine arts background, and you kind of learn as a fine artist that words are tacky. Words are also in the realm of design communication, design advertisements, that kind of stuff. So oftentimes used to 
just ever so subtly manipulate you. But what Barbara Kruger does is she takes that archetype of advertisement and using words to direct thought and just completely breaks it. And she uses words to open thought and to free thought and to talk to you directly rather than like you as a consumer and just make you break out of a mind frame instead of like inserting yourself into one. You have to be in the artwork when you're looking at it. You don't have a choice to be just a, a passive bystander. She just pulls you into her world and there's, there's no choice whether you want to or not. Kruger came to fame in the 1980s and 1990s, but many of her messages still resonate today. On September 19th, 2021, her exhibit, Thinking of You, I Mean Me, I Mean You, opened at the Art Institute of Chicago. It's the first museum survey of her work in the United States since 1999. It's also arguably one of her biggest exhibitions. Thinking of You fills 18,000 square foot Regenstein Hall, as well as Griffin Court, an 8,000 square foot atrium. Still more of her art spills over into other places in the museum. There are pieces designed for the ticketing office, the museum cafe, the stairs leading up to the exhibit, even a sound installation in the gift shop. Kruger's art even transcends the museum itself, seeping into the city of Chicago with pieces on billboards, CTA bus shelters, and a video projection played nightly on the Merchandise Mart building as a part of their Art on the Mart series. Left on contend three miles to Jealousy Drive. Go right on Jealousy 2.5 miles to Revenge. But there's construction on Revenge. Stay on Jealousy. You're wrong as usual. The exhibition is an anti-retrospective, according to associate curator Robin Farrell. It does not take a chronological look at her career, but instead engages all her pieces in the present moment as they resonate in the present. The exhibit also re-examines older, iconic pieces on giant LED screens that flash different meanings, exploring new layers. I shop, therefore I am, becomes I sexed, therefore I am, I die, therefore I was, and so on. So given a rainy Sunday and free wildcard access to the Art Institute, my good friend Jacob Millendorf and I took the red line down to see Thinking of You for Ourselves. Yeah, a very like encompassing experience. You walk into the first room, there's stuff on every wall, there's a screen. You walk in even more, there's text on the floor, on all four walls. And uh, so initially it was overwhelming in a good way. The installation begins with a room full of collages in black, white, and red, flanking an LED screen. Venturing farther into the exhibit, you come across a room covered in black and white text. Messages are written on every wall, including the floor. Other rooms reveal multi-screen video pieces, collections of older art, sound bites repeating through speakers in the ceiling, and a room that asked for viewers' consent to be filmed, displaying the room's footage on screens in other parts of the museum. What was your favorite piece? Did you have a piece that stood out to you? It was a fairly small room with a TV on three or four walls, uh, and each one had a uh, well-known passage. Yeah, yeah, the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, and there was one that was like the marriage union speech. Um, and it basically went word by word, like typing it out as you would on a computer. So you're seeing the words kind of appear in real time. And each time uh, they got to a noun or some word that she wanted to kind of break down and think about better, uh, it would flash uh, quickly to another word, like a synonym or something that she was critiquing. 
So um, we the people of the United States, and then United States was changed to different words, like questioning what is the United States. My favorite piece from the exhibit was untitled, In the Beginning There Was Crying, which was part of a three-image series in a room with red and white text on the floor. The piece shows a visceral image of the brain, overlaid in tiny white and red text with the words, quote, In the beginning, there was crying. In the middle, there was confusion. In the end, there was silence, end quote. Thinking of you, as Millendorf said, is encompassing. It's immersive, like Kruger's art, sucking you into her world. And it's overwhelming. Her declarative statements and her direct questions demand an answer from the viewer, something the typical museum goer may not be used to. But stepping into this discomfort is rewarding. I said, die, heretic scum, and push them off. Thinking of You runs at the Art Institute until January 24th, 2022. For WNUR News, I'm Allison Rao. After the break, a weather forecast for the next few days and a news briefing to start your week. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Every 20 seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Amnesty International is a worldwide organization dedicated to promoting human rights. Amnesty conducts letter-writing campaigns and tries to raise public awareness about capital punishment, police brutality, and torture in the United States and abroad. For more information about Amnesty International, you can check their national website at www.aiusa.org. This message brought to you by WNUR. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 624 Central. I'm Allison Rauch. Here's the weather. Tonight, expect cloudy weather and some isolated showers with a low around 46 degrees. The National Weather Service has issued a lakeshore flood advisory until 7 p.m. Central tonight. The rest of the week brings scattered showers with temperatures hovering around the 40 to 50 degree mark. And now, some general news updates. 
The city of Evanston announced today in a press release that COVID-19 booster shots are available to residents. They urged community members interested in getting a Moderna or Johnson & Johnson booster to fill out a vaccine booster survey to register for upcoming vaccination clinics in Evanston. At this time, the city is not offering Pfizer boosters. And Northwestern saw positive COVID-19 cases double this week, with over three-fourths of the positive tests being from non-undergraduates. Of the 57 positive cases, 44 are attributed to non-undergrads. The university just finished its first week of required testing for a third of undergraduates, which yielded only five positive cases. The rest were faculty and staff. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Check us out, too, on our brand new website, WNUR.News. On behalf of our producer, Zach McCrary, reporters Olivia Lloyd and Pari Pradhan, and all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Allison Rapp. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us next time on Wednesday, October 27th at 6 p.m. Good night.